Hello and welcome to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. Hello everyone. Before we get started with today's interview, I have a very special announcement. This year, I was awarded a grant to create a series of community sound rituals, which helped urban communities connect to the environment through listening and ritual. It was called Sacred Seasons, and we celebrated the summer solstice, we celebrated the fall equinox, and now the project is coming to an end on December 20th with the final sound ritual, which is winter solstice, Yule. So I'm inviting you all to join me for this very final community sound ritual where we'll be listening to the sounds of winter, the sounds of the Adirondacks, listening to different mammals and birds and all of that woven in song and ritual magic. So it's a really potent offering that I've been weaving for a while and this is my one of my main forms of art and it's my kind of special blend of combining sound with magic. So I hope that you will join me. I will leave the information in the show notes so that you can hop on my newsletter and find out more information. Tickets will go on sale probably a couple weeks before and there will be angel tickets available so if those of you who are you know in financial need there will be some tickets available that we'll be able to offer folks so I hope you'll be able to join me it's huge I want to give a big shout out to the Brooklyn Arts Council who supported this project I want to give a big shout out also to the Macaulay Library at Cornell University for just all the inspiration, all the advice, all the uh, recordings. It's just been really amazing to be able to hear so many birds and to just connect to remote wilderness sounds. It's really a gift. So I hope you all will join me in ritual and listening and in celebrating the rebirth of the light it's going to be really really beautiful and it'll be a really cool way to wrap up 2020 and without further ado here is the interview 
So I'm so excited about today's episode. I'm here with Jessica Zinchuk. And Jessica, I had the privilege of getting connected with her work a couple years ago-ish. I bought the story Medicine Tarot that she had created and have been journeying with it for a while. And her work kind of struck me as just being so fiercely transparent and from the heart that it kind of shook me in a really, really deep way. I remember watching the trailer for the tarot deck and just kind of picking myself up after I had watched it because I was so blown away by that experience and the message and intention and the clarity of how all that was being expressed. And so this interview today, I have been looking forward to and just so excited about Jessica, welcome. Mm, thank you so much, Zanetta, for having me. I am so honored. One of the things that's really struck me about your work is the way that it always kind of comes back to almost like gathering around the hearth. There's this energy of community and connection and just this very grounded, loving, but fierce energy that comes with your work. And I would love to ask you, you know, how did you come into this community tending, to this storytelling, to this hearth gathering work? You know, I'd really just love to start with a story and that will tell you, guide you, feel you through how I came into it. So let me tell you, you know, I, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, ever, ever since I was a a little girl, I started going to the sea and, uh, you know, my paternal grandmother and grandfather were just so wonderful. So what they do is they'd take each one of their grandkids one by one and we'd have this special you know, solo time. Oh, and this was just, this was just so, it was such a rich time. And so I grew up, I grew up with that tradition and it, it has impacted my life so deeply. I think it did because see in that time uh, that I would have with them, I was just so loved specifically, you know, by my grandmother, but I was so loved in this perfect way. Hmm. I was her favorite. <laughs> and, you know, she was, she was my favorite. And uh, we, we just knew that. And the connection has always been so strong and, and it still is. So, you know, I looked forward to this time, uh, you know, when I got to, when I got to be with her because uh, she just made me feel like the light of her life. So, you know, we'd walk up and down the beaches exploring. So we'd be looking for sand dollars and we'd be just listening to the, oh, the secrets, you know, that the shells told us, the 
looking for those really, really smooth rocks, you know, the ones that have been tumbled and shined <laughs> by the ocean for who knows how long, how many journeys those rocks had made. We'd look for those kind of rocks, those smooth rocks, and we'd, you know, just read the patterns in the sand dunes and find those animals in the driftwood. We'd identify the feathers and speak with the bones and so, you know, this is my earliest memory. Um, my sand on the feet. My sand on the feet. My feet on the sand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the smell of the salt in the air. And the sound of the ocean waves, you know, just crashing. So I grew up, I grew up like this, walking up and down, up and down those beaches. And when I'd beach comb with my grandmother, you know, I'd carry this, uh, this red basket and uh, this wicker and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd collect my treasure and see, I'd, I'd always collect the kelp. I'd twist off their tails and throw them in my basket. I don't know, from a young age, I just, I was just always called and, and mystified really, um, by the kelp. They were just such weird, <laughs> you know, alienish, uh, otherworldly beings, but not, you know, and, uh, so I'd collect these green jewels. I just, I wanted to keep them forever. You know, I loved walking with my grandmother on the beach and I still, I still remember what holding her hand feels like. Yeah, the way that her skin felt against my skin and the way that she smelled. And so we'd be walking, we'd be walking down the beaches and, and she'd, she'd sing this song and, and this song, it went like this. I am her art, dreamed into being. I am a masterpiece of love. I am her art. Dreamed into being, I am a masterpiece of love. So you know the the sand on my feet and the the breeze in my hair. I am her art. Dreamed into being, collecting all these kelp in my basket. I am a masterpiece of love. So we'd sing this song, we'd sing this song together. And you know, I, I'm still singing it. I'm still singing it now. And 
And I remember one day, uh, you know, on one of our medicine walks, I asked my, I asked my Mima and I said, Hey, Mima, are you going to die someday? Hmm. And, you know, I think that, I think that all children have these moments, right? Where they realize that everything is, well, everything is temporary. And, you know, that basically, um, death is inevitable. Death is coming. And so she says, she says in this really calm voice, well, yes, someday I'll go home. And that has always stuck to me, those words. And so anyway, she followed to say, she said, but you know, you'll know I'm always there with you. You'll know I'm always there with you. When you see two gulls, two seabirds flying over you, that's me and you. <laughs> that's me and you. We're forever. You know, so like to this day, even when I'm having the <laughs> hardest time, I live in the city, but I'm, I'm right near the water here as well. And I'll go outside and tell you just sit there for a minute offer some words or some prayers and you know what do you know two goals are flying over me you know and i i just i remember i remember how strong i am how guided i am how supported i am so you know anyway as i got older my grandmother taught me you know that you go to the sea to speak with God, that's that's where she is. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's how I learned about the great mystery. That's how I came into this work. It was really through this deep love, this deep and perfect love of my ancestors, of the great mother, the great mystery of all of it. <laughs> you know, so if you know my work, you're going to feel this story reverberating through everything that I do. You know, my my work is all related to the kelp. Home, it's related to home. <sighs> the cosmic womb. Amniotic bliss. You know, creation, water, salt, the deep feminine. This is my work. So, you know, how I came into this work. <laughs> I came into this work through my ancestors, through the fire in my belly, through my own remembering, through my own healing remembering my my oneness you know and so my life's work is really to spread the you know the medicine of the kelp and i'm still walking those beaches i'm still singing that song you know teaching it to my you know my four children now and so it's a how i came into this work it's been a remembering sonata it's been a remembering and so it is <laughs> mm, mm. 
Oh, Jessica, that is such a gift to hear your song, your story woven in memory and brought forth in the presence and healing the past in this infinite circle of just connection over and over and over again. It's so, so beautiful. I got the chills when I was listening and I let that song wash over me like the waves and it just felt so damn good. <laughs> it just felt so good to listen to you sing and speak. I feel like there's this sense of time that I was really feeling in that story and this sense of expanding and stretching the time and working with it as a medium in the way that you were sharing. And it really, it took me into the earth. It really took me like slow molasses feeling into the earth. And I'd like to like talk to you a little bit about that because I know you come probably into connection with a lot of folks who have various experiences story with storytelling or the spoken word. And that sense of timing being almost a medium of itself, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you support people starting out in storytelling and speaking their stories. Yeah. Hmm. First of all, story is timeless you know there is that's why you felt what you felt when you were listening you know it's it's timeless so there's that and and that that you know is just the 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 sheer power of story but how I guide others and speaking their stories. Here's the thing, you know, beautiful storyteller, Jean Tagabon, he says that our life is a story. Okay, so, I, you know, I just, I want to start with that because, look, we're all, I believe, we're all artists. We're all storytellers, okay? So moment to moment to moment to moment, we are painting the dream that is our reality, okay? So we're projecting that with every single thought, word, feeling. We're, we're bringing that in and we're, we're basically creating a story that we are feeding ourselves with, that we are moving with you know it, it really is like our food so it's like whatever you're eating is is the kind of energy you have it's the kind of connection that you're going to have so it's it's really I think the question really is like what is the intention right what is the intention and so if your life is a story and each moment is this sacred opportunity you know, tell that, tell that from the heart. And so I think, you know, my words of wisdom are, we are all artists and storytellers. And every single moment is that story. I mean, someday, people will reflect back on our life as a story. 
So what are what are we creating? And I I urge people to just like take it into now. Now. What are we creating right now? Hmm. I feel like in this way storytelling and creation is very much about being autonomous about being sovereign to oneself about you know reclaiming our personal power so again you know like what is your intention what is the intention i think that that's a really powerful offering that you just gave because often it's easy to kind of ask what's the how you know how how do I do this how do I tell this story how do I speak authentically how do I follow my intuition a lot of folks are very understandably wondering what are those measurable quantifiable clear steps to get from a to b and the magic sauce of that is that it's deeply personal. Mm -hmm. It's so deeply personal and wrapped up in one's sacred values, one's intention, one's lived experiences, and just that sense of authenticity coming from the heart mm -hmm. and no one else can speak the way you do or, or, or stretch and play with time the way you do or anything about what we're here to do inherently as a soul on this plane in this time it's really really freaking personal <laughs> yes and i'm sure i mean i get folks who come into workshops and things with me and they kind of almost want me to break things down mm. like what what do i do and how then can they maybe either connect to it or find a similar sense of satisfaction or a similar sense of grounding. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you, <laughs> but all I can do is share my story and share it from the heart and share it personally and share it authentically. And then hope that that sparks something in whoever decides to listen. Mm -hmm. I originally got sparked by your story, Medicine Tarot. Mm -hmm. And I'm yet again, like falling in love with your next tarot deck that is just so amazing and exciting. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you came into the idea of creating the Story Medicine Tarot. Yeah, I would love to share that story. It's a, it's a, it's a really good one. <laughs> it's a really good one. You know, so, okay, when we first started this uh, project, you know, oh gosh, I had no intention of creating four decks. No, that was not in my mind. It was nowhere in my awareness. I really just was doing it because I was not able to connect with any other imagery. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't. And um, so I knew what that meant. 
I was like, okay, okay, I will create, I will create it. Uh, and so I, I embarked on that and about three fourths into that creative journey, I had a massive breakdown. I mean, I was a real, real mess. And I just felt so lost in the labyrinth. You know, I thought, what am I doing? Mm. I mean, I guess I hadn't really looked back. I, I just was continuing to keep going with what was in front of me. And the moment I looked back at everything and Oh, I just thought, what is this thing? I was so uncomfortable with it. You know, I thought, oh, there's no consistency. This is all over the place. I mean, the art is just so uncomfortably amateur. Um, You know, these were some of the thoughts that were going through my mind at that time. And Mm. I really thought, who is going to need this like nobody needs this nobody needs this so it was just this really you know just this really dark moment so what happened was that well I had a lot of support and said a lot of prayers and just really worked myself out of that and so coming through that I just accepted where I was. And it was a very courageous act um, to just really accept where I was artistically, uh, with my craft of storytelling and with my medicine, just everything, all of it, just accepting where I was. So there was that part of it. And there was this other part of it, which was also me acknowledging, you know, where I want to be, where I really want to be, what I want. Again, what is the intention? What do you want? Uh, So I wanted to grow. um, I wanted to, yeah, take the journey again. And so then came the vision of creating a deck uh, dedicated to each direction. And so I said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to take this journey, um, you know, with the story medicine tarot four times and see how, yeah, how, and see how am I growing artistically, spiritually, um, you know, again, in my craft and with my medicine and, and can I just be vulnerable and just share all that, you know, can I just put it out there and, um, just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. It was also the biggest commitment that I had made to myself, you know, creatively um, before. So that was a big deal. That was a big deal to say, I'm going to do this. So really, this creation journey is about showing evolution just in a very raw way. And so, I mean, for those that already have the first and um, are, you know, maybe waiting to get the second or just enjoying it on YouTube for free, the art and the story, you'll see 
you can see the evolution of the artwork and the storytelling. I mean, you just, you just can feel it. And so that, yeah. that's the project, you know, Zanetta, is to just share raw growth and to share raw art. I really feel that, actually, as someone who's worked a lot with your deck, your first one, and has read in some very deep moments for myself with that deck, that it meets me head on wherever I am in whatever place I'm in. And I think that that rawness is part of being able to connect and identify and feel the relevance in each moment, in every moment. And so I really appreciate that approach. I really, really appreciate it personally as someone who has benefited from that medicine. And I think that you know, before doing this interview, I had spent a lot of time on your website. I had spent time watching your beautiful offerings of story and song in your videos. And there was this one part of your website that struck me as just being oh, so healing. It was the area where you show your raw sketches, your works in progress. It was a, a whole series of art that was in various states of, I don't even want to use the word completion because I just don't even, I personally don't identify with the word completion when I talk about art. I've never made something that I felt like would ever be finished because it's still being interacted with long after I've shared it into the world. And that interaction is such a key part of how the art is continuing to evolve. It's not really when I decided to stop writing the song or to stop recording, but actually how it lives on over and over and over again with other people. But I feel like, you know, you shared so much in terms of the rawness, the in-progress, the messiness, the evolution. And I think our community, our Art Wish community in this podcast, we're all healing with perfectionism. We're all on a journey with healing with perfectionism. And I would love to hear a little bit about your experiences with dealing with perfectionism and that block of creative flow or how you've worked with this sense of perfectionism. It's a courageous act, <laughs> you know, to just love and accept yourself wherever you are, right? To just, I mean, truly love and accept yourself wherever you are, whatever has come out of you. In that same, I guess, vein, also acknowledging where you want to be. I mean, that's your soul calling. That's your soul longing. And and that is important. So, you know, holding both of those things, accepting where you are and honoring, acknowledging where you want to be. You know, another part, so that's one, and, and this is two, is I think we have to bow down, you know, to the gift of imagination, really an endless possibility, because the way that we, the way that we see is always changing. And we need to just let that be so, just let mm. that be so, you know, because I may make 
uh, I may make a, let's just say I make an oil painting today and I say, hey, Sonata, look at what I made. Isn't it so beautiful? Oh, I just love it. I just love it. I'm in love with it. I mean, I just couldn't love it more, you know? And then the next day I may wake up and I may look at it and be like, oh my gosh, look at that nose. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? And I may see something and then the next day I may wake up and be like, oh, but she, oh, look at, she's just so sweet. I love how she turned out. Day to day to day, we are always seeing in a new way. And this is the power of our imagination and again, endless possibility. And so can we just let that be so? That's that's the second part. And the third part I want to say is, hey, you know, we're co-creating. We are co-creating, you know, and the unknown is working through us. So I just think that that is worth saying and remembering um, because it helps me so much, uh, you know, with just trying to keep my arms open, you know, and my heart light and just really trying to be this, yeah, this hollow bone or this empty bowl and just really trying to be an integral vessel to mm. let uh, medicine come through me. You know, I, I am very, you know, it is my belief that I am that. I am a vessel. You know, I am a vessel. And so I try to take myself out of it <laughs> as much as I can, you know, and just let it flow, just let it flow. Um, you know, even even going back to the story medicine tarot for a second, you know, I used myself as the vessel to 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 bring forward a specific medicine. You know, and I just trusted in that. Yeah. And so those are a few things about perfectionism, you know, loving, accepting where we are, acknowledging where we want to be in the future, bowing down to the gift of, you know, divine imagination, endless possibility. Just let it be so. Let it be so. The ever-changing perspectives and remembering that we are in co-creation. The co-creation part has been such a a key to liberation mm -hmm. for me personally, because once that kind of clicked into place for me, I started recognizing that any outcome that I was attached to, any ideal that I held mm -hmm. was not necessarily in alignment with my highest and best. Ah, yes. It just wasn't. And like sometimes you're supposed to be the person that's going to say the stuff that doesn't quite isn't quite pretty all the time. <laughs> sometimes you might you might make something that's half baked. Sometimes you might I, I've noticed this actually a lot as a professional tarot reader that one of the biggest ways that I keep my channel clear when I'm reading for a client is actually to say exactly what is coming through, no matter how I feel or what reservations I have to let it flow. Because 
that often leads to the psychic stuff. It's just like nine times out of 10, it's like I said something that made no sense to me. I don't know where I'm going with this. I have no idea. But then for some, for some reason, it's the thing that activates that person's sense of inner knowing. And then we get to whatever is, is coming through in this reading space. And I've seen similar things happen as an improviser. Like when I'm improvising on drums or percussion or something like that, I don't know what's going to happen many times. I have no idea, but I know something will happen. Like it's not that there's nothing there. And I think that might be one of the scariest things to get comfortable with in that perfectionism journey is that Actually, your sense of control is not what determines whether or not there's stuff that's going to come through. There's always stuff that comes through. And even when there isn't, that's something that's coming through. (laughs) (laughs) How beautiful. That's beautiful. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into this work and this kind of like healing journey ancestral journey, creative journey. You know, I feel like we see a lot of aspects of artists like journey with the artwork and that's like gets to be showcased. But I would love to hear a little bit about your healing journey or your the behind the scenes kind of stuff to getting to this place of realizing to let it through, let it flow. Yeah, I had a spiritual rebirth the year I turned 30. And I had been already doing so much healing and, you know, inner work. But there was something about that rebirth that that brought me into the flow. As you say, I, I actually held ceremony and was reborn through this river and she said to me give me your dreams and I will make them flow so I did (laughs) I did I (laughs) you know I made this bundle and I sent it down the way and and you know that yeah, that bundle was really the beginning of me taking seriously my medicine and naming story medicine. And I I think that's really it is like just taking myself seriously. Um, Because I had been, I had been doing other things, different forms of storytelling, I had been teaching yoga, I had been supporting birth, I had been doing a lot of things, but this is just different. It was very much was just a it was just I don't know if I'll ever have another rebirth like that. I mean it just felt like the rebirth of my lifetime. I don't know how to explain it. Just it's just a remembering of exactly why I was here on this earth journey. And it is just that powerful. So so that happened and and in that in that time and in that ceremony uh, by the river and calling in my flow, <laughs> you know, I, I took vows to a sacred life and I 
Um, I wake up every morning and I, I say I say my three yeah, most beloved vows and I just I I'm serious <laughs> about my work. You know, I'm I'm very serious about it. So um I don't know, it feels like sacred responsibility. Uh so that was really the big stepping into of this work you know the big stepping into of this work and i think that all the other healing i had been doing had just been like all this uh groundwork and preparation of what i'm doing now i very much hear you about the major rebirth mm-hmm. i've experienced um something similar i kind of have talked only to a few people about it but i I was like, I went through, I actually, this happened to me through a Vipassana retreat. I went on my first 10 day silent meditation. Powerful. And in that 10 days, I went through, I guess I had just maybe meditated such, such an intense amount during that time that I was experiencing like a past life callback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was kind of, you know, it was kind of a group situation. So there were like a bunch of folks, you know, grouped together in a room. And my roommate, after this whole silent meditation, was like, you were speaking in a man's voice, like in the night. And they were like, it was very scary because this was just supposed to be like women only in this area. And I was like, I have no idea where that came from. And I don't know what happened to me. And after that experience, there were like these huge puzzle pieces that just shifted within me. Mm. And I took myself on a process of soul retrieval intuitively one day. I was like, there's a part of me that's missing. I need to go get it. Mm-hmm. And I went into this trance experience and I journeyed deep with that part of self that mm-hmm. was hiding mm-hmm. and I brought it back and I was like, never again will I leave you behind. And it changed everything for me it just shifted everything it was like the moment i love what you said the vows the taking yourself seriously it's you or nothing at all like it's like you gotta you gotta be there and show up and i think in our in our earlier conversation like we had kind of talked about this idea of choosing choosing your vision choosing your dream in the face of of daily obligations of, you know, like, oh, I'm too tired today or, oh, you know, like I've got, you know, I've only got X amount of time. Like, should I really work on this project or yada, yada? And it's so easy. It's understandable, so understandable and easy to talk oneself out of showing up. And everyone who's listening to this, I just want you to know that this is contextual and it's very deeply personal so don't just take anything and just blanket apply it to yourself (laughs) but but I want to say that there came a point at least for me where I saw that it was either get busy living or get busy dying like that Shawshank Redemption quote where it's like you need to make a choice and so 
I'd love to hear about your explorations with showing up even in the face of like being such a a powerful home leader and like really, you know, doing all this other stuff in your life and and being able to show up for your vision. Thank you for asking that question. Um, I think that, you know, this is a lot, what we're talking about right now is a lot to do with self-trust. You know, can we discern what's the most important thing right now? Where should my energy go right now? Where is my intention right now? You know, it's, it's really like knowing when to keep going with something, right? When to start something new, when to take a break, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, we're always clarifying our medicine. We're always, we're always doing this. And so I think it's a practice of where does my energy go right now? What is most important right now? So in my experience, I just feel very clear about what's most important, you know, and, and I feel very strongly about where my energy should go. And so, you know, for example, I, I, I do one-on-one mentorship with women in just, you know, the working of their personal stories and narratives and creative work and all these things. And I always take those calls with the full moon when historically people come together to celebrate or they come out or they, you know, they coven. And so I always take those calls during that time because I have a lot of energy during that time anyway. I'm usually in my ovulation. I, you know, I'm just, I've got energy. And so that's a great time for me. And when I do most of my space holding uh, with my nonprofit work as well. And so when and where... (laughs) You know, uh, is our energy going, you know, and I know during, you know, the dark of the moon, I'm likely in bleed and I really need to withdraw and not look at my calendar, not look at my phone, not, you know, so I think that showing up is really just embracing living cyclically and being really clear about what you want to do. Again, what is the intention, right? And constantly revisiting your intentions, uh, right, I think is also an important part of it because things are just always changing. Yeah. It seems like it's very easy to get on a day-to-day, get into like a kind of almost treadmill experience. I talk about this in the first episode of this podcast, actually how most of my creative work unfolds with the lunar cycle and how there are just certain phases where there's more or less energy. There's certain phases that just invite me to explore a different aspect of self And so just thinking of like, I didn't get to this thing today. Oh, I'm not a good, you know, I'm not a good artist or whatever, you know, is it the conversations more nuanced than that. And yet it's also more simple because it's like, Hey, what do you care about? What's your, what's your, like your sacred values? What are your intentions? And get clear in this moment where you are relative to what you've been doing, what you have been doing, you know, like 
I think even in the in a couple episodes back, I talk about procrastination, and already folks have kind of chimed in on this conversation about how do I know if I'm procrastinating or if I'm just taking like a sacred pause, and how personal? Like we get back to that thing. How personal is that? Yes, very personal. And it's easy to kind of look to the side. <laughs> it's so easy to look to what whoever's doing what, you know, that you see on their IG account or on Facebook or whatever, even out in your community and just be like, I'm not showing up enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this is the messaging that uh, we've created as a culture. You know what I mean? Is this you're not enough. You're not showing up. I think I just like to say that I think one of the best things we can do is to just really focus on your own work. Like just focus on your own work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I just think that's important because uh you know, like I said I I I work with women and and many are creative and and many say, "Oh, I, you know, I I'm looking for inspiration and I've been looking at this." I've been like, I'm like what? Just like, don't look anywhere. You just you got it. It's already, what are you looking for? You know, you're just disorienting yourself. Um, mm. you know, and it's like, I think very important um, that we focus on our own work. Yeah. You know, I've struggled a lot with that, actually. Mm-hmm. One, I think because I'm the kind of person that loves information. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an information addict in some ways. I'll, I'll be the person who, you know, will be reading like 15 books simultaneously and we'll get through them and we'll just be like, boom, 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 boom. And constantly rotating. I think I have like a, what is it? Like my Venus and Gemini or something. <laughs> like I've got, my love is like this kind of all these swirling bits of information and sound and pictures and ideas just kind of constantly in these, you know, like crazy atomic revolutions around myself. (laughs) But what I will say journeying with this is that while that's very wonderful, there is such a thing as having too much kind of information in your channel at any given time. And I've come to know that when certain thoughts are repeating in my head, certain limiting thoughts, especially, or I just start like looking at my own work and being hypercritical or just like tearing it apart. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Zanetta, you've probably been intaking a little too much of other folks' information and not really, first of all, not celebrating and acknowledging where you're at. Yes. And also not giving yourself the space to like have time to integrate and know where you are and get your bearings. Mm-hmm. There's just time, honestly, that sometimes you need that silence, that time, that space to be able to let what you have come through. Yes, and this is what I mean. We we live in a culture that is very loud. It hides our own song from us. Go anywhere and you will see people just, what are they doing? They're all scrolling on their phones. You know, I mean, 
this is, that's what I mean. This is the culture. I mean, you talk about the treadmill. What do you do with your finger when you're on your phone? You're literally like creating the treadmill motion. (laughs) I love that, that, y'all. When you are, (laughs) when you're scrolling on your phone, that you're partaking, you know, in, in like treadmill activity, you know, and so be intentional, you know, set a timer on your phone for how long you're going to be on Instagram. What, why, why are you going on there? What's the intention? Um, you know, what, what is the platform used for? It's a tool, you know? And so I think that we need ourselves more than we know. The inner mm. world needs us more than we know or acknowledge. I mean, to my, in my opinion, everything is just so outward. You know, it's about what are we showing or what are we, I mean, I work with so many that are like, you know, feeling this, uh, what is it like comparison, it can just be so it can the jealousy, you know, and maybe we don't even know we're doing it, or maybe we don't even mean to, but it just it happens. So I love that when you see that happening, or you're you're noticing, oh, I'm critiquing my work so much or, or whatnot, or ripping it up apart that oh, I need to come back to myself. Yes. I just urge everyone to take as much solitude as they can, you know, and and really get familiar with their own energy and their own medicine, you know, because the only way that you know, if, you know, if you are um, carrying other things or confused or, I mean, the only way to know that is to just keep practicing being with your own energy. And that, you know, you can't, I love what you said earlier, that everything in our, in our society is really hiding our song from us. I love that so much. That's the story. The woman who was a song from Animal Woman, the woman who was a song. It's all about that. It's all about remembering, oh, here I am, right? Like, here's my medicine. Here's my song. And you know, the only way to reverberate that is to sing it out and sing it loud and keep practicing that song, right? You know it by heart. So I'll, I'll tell you this, there's a song that um, that I sing uh, with my women sometimes and it goes like this. Deep in the song, there's a rhythm that's strong. Deep in the song, there's a beat. Guide me to the heart of my song. May I help the beat along? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I talk about this podcast being almost like a reparative offering to my younger artist self and to, to all of our younger artist selves. But when I was at a point where I didn't know what that path looked like, I was only going off of what I saw in the media, what I saw and what I was exposed to. But when you go and you have that time to explore and create that well-worn path to reverberate with your song, with your unique medicine, magic, however you conceptualize it, then it becomes such a deep path. And it becomes like an old familiar friend that you know very well. And that confidence and that trust comes with that time spent together over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to kind of 
get into a different vein because there's, I mean, your work spans so many things in, in my, in my like kind of spectrum of, of what art can be, you span so many different spaces and I want to get into intergenerational inheritance. I know that for a lot of listeners, I haven't really shared much about my own personal story, but my dad was actually a drummer. And I grew up with those gifts of sound, the gifts of rhythm, the gifts of beat, the gifts of music. And it was kind of passed down to me. And so I feel this personal sense of responsibility in being shared that gift at such a young age and being transformed by that gift. And I also feel the power of that intergenerational inheritance in my art so that every time I connect with folks, whether I teach them a drum lesson or I come into a tarot reading or I lead a sound ritual for a community, I feel like I'm bringing in the energy of my dad. I'm bringing the energy of my ancestors who had their drums taken away and weren't allowed to play. I have the energy of my island family. I bring them with me into the space and into my work. And I'd love to hear about your experiences. You've shared a little bit about your grandmothers, like in previous conversations and how much of an influence they've been in your journey. Could you share about how you continue to nourish and tend that intergenerational connection and how you see yourself as a future ancestor in the inheritance that you're imparting on your community and or your family? I love this. I love this question. I love this inquiry. Um, well, you know, where I am, you know, in the in the family line, I'm the eldest born to my mother, uh, and I'm also the eldest granddaughter on both sides, which really feels important. And my firstborn, an eldest, is also she's the next of her generation. My mother was the first, uh, the eldest girl and leading that generation. She has 10, you know, she's one of 10 siblings. And so she's very much a leader in her community and, you know, has always been leading her siblings, you know, in many ways, but also, you know, 10's community. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I've been passed down this role of tending. Uh, So many say that I have a mama presence, a strong mama presence. You know, that is something that I am carrying on. So again, you know, uh, the kelp, right? And the womb and, and home and mama, that has been passed down to me, specifically through my maternal side. You know, my mother being the oldest, then me being the oldest, then my daughter being the oldest. It's uh, three generations going now. So uh, I feel a responsibility to lead and um, help others as much as I can, you know, just just towards their highest good, whatever that may be, towards their uh, medicine, whatever that may be, towards their story, whatever that may be. I feel called to tend 
and uh, hold space. So, you know, as a future ancestor, I envision myself like this, Sonata, and I envision myself blessing, moving, you know, shaking along seeds through the great kelp, through the, you know, cosmic womb where everything belongs, right? Everything, can you imagine? Everything, where everything belongs, any story, any dream, it is possible. And so, you know, as a future ancestor, I see myself just pushing seeds along, you know, <laughs> you know uh, dreams, stories. And, and so I see myself shaking along as, as a future ancestor. And that's, that's, where, that's where people can find me, okay? So <laughs> like this. Rattle a little bit and call out my name. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I can see it now. <laughs> over all the seeds. <laughs> you know, I just, I just think about that all the time. Like, wow, you know, the great mystery, like, wants those seeds, you know, wants your prayers, wants your creations, wants your dreams, your visions. I don't know if anyone's ever heard the story of like the hungry goddess, but like, you know, it's just, oh, we need those seeds. We need those, we need those visions, those dreams, especially right now, you know, especially right now in the midst of creating new cultural narratives. We need all that. We need those seeds. There's such deep offerings, you know, and they're so regenerative. They're so repairing. They're so healing. They're so reconstructing. One time I had a friend and I'm trying to remember which friend said this, but they said, consider that every single infrastructure system, any aspect of oppression that we've experienced was someone's dream was someone's idea that wasn't something that just is that was something that was dreamt and woven and created and so what we re-envision what we hope for what we need mm -hmm. the healing that we desire so deeply is also dreams is also seeds is also these seemingly random songs and ideas <laughs> that are given space and time and protection and energy to grow. And I think there's, again, coming back to this, this idea that the culture hides our own song from us. I think it has just been the popular thing to do to sing the same song, right? Like I have a daughter who's who's really, she's a weaver and she loves the threads and the cloth and she's exploring what does fashion mean? I mean, what does it mean, right? There's all these trends, right? That everyone's like, okay, cool. Everyone's got a scrunchie, cool. I need a scrunchie. Okay, everyone's like wearing this now or this is the cool thing to do. Okay, cool, I'm doing that now. What's the cool word to say? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what? This is what we should not be participating in my personal belief system and opinion. This is the same thing as having no seed diversity in all our food system 
you know, getting fucked up. It's the same thing. It really is. We're losing ourselves by participating in what everyone else participates in. We are each so unique. I mean, it like, I really don't think people even know how unique they are, you know? And so that's, that's part of my work is like just helping people remember, oh my God, how special they are. You know, can we not participate in that? Like perpetuating that, like you said, the other, the dreams of others, you know what I mean? Like those oppressive dreams you were talking about. But dreams nonetheless. Yes, yes. But you know, the 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 things that really aren't moving us forward, um, but that keep us just kind of bound up in following in line, right? Like just stay in line, just stay in line, right? And so what really... Uh, better to do in this time than to just be so true to yourself and the only way to know that is not by looking at anyone else's instagram or anyone else's art even though that that's a great thing to do you know when you're in a space to do that but it's again like sitting with yourself like you did in that retreat that's where it is i very much feel you on all that especially just that the tendency to redo and reinforce the same things that have been done for fear of rejection, for fear of, you know, risk, for fear of people being angry at you, for fear of you fucking up and like looking a fool, whatever it is, it's not real. (laughs) It's just, it is just straight up not real. Yes, you may hurt someone. Yes, you may screw up. Yes, you may not be really all that great at what you're doing yet. And it's still really, really crucial to our collective and personal liberation. Yes. And I also think there's a big belonging, wounding uh, that everyone feels and knows. And, And I think that something really important to remember is that your medicine, whatever it is, is not for everyone. Like once people just realize that, oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. Okay, now I'll just focus on that. And not everyone will love that or understand that or stomach that. That's okay. You know, your medicine is yours for a specific reason. And so I think there's this deep wound of wanting to belong and wanting to be loved. It's so deep, you know, that sometimes people may betray themselves like oh but just I want to just be long I want to just fall I want to just buy that scrunchie (laughs) or whatever you know like just I really want to belong I really want to belong where do I belong you belong to yourself okay so Jessica if folks want to connect with you and you know, purchase your tarot decks or connect with your mentorship, would you mind sharing just how they can reach you and what's the best form of connection? Yeah, I would love to. Um, You know, you can find my website really easily, www.thestorymedicine.com. Everything is is up to date there. You can also find me on Instagram, The Story Medicine. Uh, And as you said, mentorship. Uh, So if anyone wants to work one-on-one, please reach out. I would love to, I would love to hear from you. Then, yeah, with my nonprofit work, 
you know, you can find our Instagram story medicine people and that website is www.thestorymedicineway.org and hey everyone is you know just welcome we have a podcast where we share story medicine for the collective every single season and then i hold circles with each full moon where you know we come together and we um, share words and we make art and um so everyone is just always invited to uh you know come sit with us in story bones circle you know i feel like i <laughs> we got actually into the last question with all of that the the last question i usually ask is what advice would you give your younger emerging artist self and i felt like we just kind of gave an encyclopedia <laughs> to <laughs> to the younger self <laughs> But I would love to hear if there's anything else you feel specifically you'd like to add and to send to your younger artist self. I would say, oh, I would say believe in your very unique connection to source. You are a miracle. (laughs) And I would say... Miracles are going to happen to you. And you yourself will perform miracles. So yeah, I'd say believe in your very unique connection to source. You know, I was just reading this book and there was a quote. I don't remember the exact words, but Seeds of Contemplation is the book. He says... I am a saint, something along these lines, okay? This is not perfect quote, but I am a saint by being true to myself when I am true to myself. So it's it's really about finding out how we can be more true to ourselves. Like that is our holiness, if you will. Mm. So trust in your unique connection to source. It is, it is your... Oh, I would say it is your fingerprint. You know, it's your fingerprint. Mm. It's one in the whole world. Jessica, thank you so, so much for just sharing remembrance, sharing ancestral connection, sharing the wisdom of this moment of all that you've journeyed through. It's such a blessing. Thank you so much, Sanetta, for your work and for inviting and for holding space. And to all who will listen, bless you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Art Witch, please consider subscribing or writing a review. Each and every little bit helps spread the word to more and more people.